your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome aboard to the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. Today's episode brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Tell them Locked On sent you. All right, Kyle, uh, busy, busy day for Avalanche and Avalanche fans. Uh, a couple big trades um that went down for the avs uh nick says he's not getting any sound and we'll have to look into that but um we'll talk about them and the edmonton game for overtime so uh we'll start with the trades because that's kind of we'll go in i guess chronological order (laughs) with with how the day went for the avalanche first it was you know a lot of nothingness early in in the day and i think a lot of people were getting worried that the abs were not going to make any moves and then they did and it was kind of a big one maybe you know i would say would you say it's their probably their biggest one outside of the the josh manson one with artery lankinen Oh yeah, easily. Like Atari Lincoln, and when that rolled across my phone, I was blown away. I was like, "Ooh, this is exactly what the Avalanche needed." And to follow it up with Cogliano, you're like, "Okay, this is exactly what the Avalanche needed." So, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, for for the Avs, you know, the Lincoln deal, and it, it's for Justin Barron. And we heard his name getting thrown around, Justin Barron, and a second-round pick in next year's draft. So you heard Barron getting thrown around for Claude Giroux, and you kind of felt like, all right, I can, I understand that for Giroux. And outside of him, I don't think maybe he's there's really nobody else there that you you could throw him in a trade for. Turned out that not to not be the case, um, and I mean. He's one of those guys, and I and I had a kind of conversation with somebody about, and you, I think you saw it on Twitter. Like, where mm-hmm. where does he fit with this team? He's almost you know expendable in the fact that you you are loaded up on defense right now. Yeah. So I don't know where he would fit. He's still maybe a year or so away. They were impressed with him in training camp this year, but I think it was a necessary move. This is yeah. where you you have to be all in yeah and 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 you know that's that's a move that you have to make to get somebody like lincoln in. and i think the 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 impressive thing is he's a restricted free agent so it's not a rental yeah yeah and and it's tough to see baron go but when you get a player of the quality of lincoln and coming in like you kind of understand, like we we have said this a hundred thousand times when we're talking about the Avalanche this season. This is cup or bust, and mm-hmm. like the defense is crowded. Yes, um, this is Baron is a gamble for the future. Um, yeah. so we can address that in the off season. We could probably find someone that's on the same level of Baron, and who knows, uh, Bo Byron might come back super healthy. And be good to go for next right. season. And then there you go. There's your Byron replacement. So 
you you are you're building the team for the cup run now. You address everything in the future in the offseason. But right now, this trade deadline was meant for solidifying this team in the cup or bust mentality. Yeah. And, you know, it it was one of those things where like Joe Sackick, you know, he's been he hasn't really pulled the trigger on on huge deals. And I think, you know, we've said it in the past. This is kind of the year where you have to throw that aside. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you you have to, and and you've built up a really good prospect pool. And yeah, you don't want to get rid of those guys, but this is the game that's played. This is the business side of things. So you have to give up some some assets you don't necessarily want to to fill holes, to fill gaps. If the Avs had no gaps, yeah. and you didn't have to make these big moves, then fine. But they did as well as they're playing. There were some some holes that they had to fill in. And I think, you know, looking back at the totality of the Avs uh, trade season, I mean, it is two thumbs up. It is a plus. It's a 100 what, uh, on, on, on the surface. Yeah. We still have to see how it plays out and how these guys do in Avalanche jerseys. But I think, like, th- this, is, this is as good as a trade deadline as you can have for the Colorado Avalanche. I think it's fantastic. And if you watch Joe Sackick in his press conference when he was talking about these trades, like when you're looking at it, all we really shipped out was prospects, draft picks, and Jost. And when the topic of Jost came up, it was just making that bigger, like making that position bigger. Like Jost, yeah, he's small. We get that. And that's why Berkey and JT Comfort, the other two of the three that we were watching for the trade deadline, like they have size compared to Jost. And you want to, because you got manhandled against Vegas in the playoffs last year. You want size going into the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. And and they addressed every bit of that, short up some holes on the defense. So I think this was a, one of Sackick's low-key better draft, like, like the deadline, the trade deadline. I think Straight it's up. one of the better ones he's ever had. Yeah, man. I, and I think we're, we were all in the boat of, you know, they're going to have a rental. Um, and I and I said over and over, I just thought the first round pick was gone for next yeah. year. And the fact that he didn't give up a first round pick when first round picks were flying across the league. And he was like, no. And he said it. He said yeah. in the press conference, we were not giving that up. And we, we were not giving up our first round pick. And we were not giving up Justin Barron for a rental. Yeah. He says that now. And like I said earlier, he could have been involved in that Claude Giroux deal. I think Drew is a different animal. Yeah. You know what I mean? What you're getting in him is, is a lot. So I think you're willing to go that route if you could bring in Claude Giroux. If, you know, anything outside of that, they were not going to do it. And and he stuck to his guns. And I'm just amazed by how he always seems to get what he wants. And when people kind of joke around, well, you know, they, they shouldn't take his calls well, I think Montreal got a pretty good prospect on their yeah. hands. And they have a second round pick, which is fine. Probably gonna be a late second round pick, but it's a second round pick nonetheless in what is likely to be a pretty deep draft. So all around, I mean, on both sides for every deal the Avs made. Yeah, we're looking at the Avs side of things. But, you know, what they gave up, I think those teams are happy with what they got. And the Avalanche are clearly happy with what they inherited. And see, now this is a hindsight 2020 move. Like I know on yesterday's episode, we were kind of like in that bitter breakup state when it came to Giroux and we were talking about his points. And you mentioned like he's getting those points 
making that Philly Flyer team better. You're getting that in spades with Lankinen, and he's cheaper, and he's got a, an additional year, and we still didn't have to give up a first-round pick for him. I think we might have come out better because we got to get Cogliano right before the, the deadline was up. Yeah. Like I think we might have come out a little bit better than if we landed Giroux. Uh, I, it's, a, it's an argument to be made. Definitely an argument to be made. And you see Hop's question uh, or remarks on the bottom there about – now he respects Joe, but he, he does question Baron. I, I get that. I get that, man. But there's times where you can't keep hanging on to these guys. And it, like we said before, if your window is now and you need to fill in those slots with guys that you know can do it and not a question mark down the road. And I, and I want to say Baron is a massive question mark. I was looking forward to him having a good career with the Avs. Um, and now I think he's just going to have a good career with Montreal. But you have to pull these deals if you want to go win a cup right now, you can't keep wanting to win a cup for the future and hoping some of these prospects pan out because some of them don't. And see, like I understand everyone's kind of sad to see Baron go, but we've also talked about on the show, where have the Colorado Eagles call-ups been all year? Like, yeah, I mean, it's been what Sherwood. It's been Magna a couple times. I think, uh, who else? I mean, sure, what's the big one that's played the most? And then you you've seen a little bit of Sampo, but if like there was a lot of confidence in where Baron is going to fit in, mm-hmm. you might have seen him a little bit. Like if this is well, a future, well, if this is a future project, and what they see with Baron, if they see like this is a future, yeah, you could probably get someone of that same caliber by retaining that first round pick next year. That we didn't give away. He he was the last cut in 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 uh, training camp. Justin Barron. They they really liked what they saw from him. So no, they didn't just want to hand him over. Mm-hmm. But you have to look at what you got right now, and it's yep. like it. Sh- do we need to make a deal for? Does Lincoln make us that much better that we're willing to give up Barron? Joe Sakic answer to that is yes. Yeah, and and the fact that he's a restricted free agent. Uh, is just speaks volumes to what the moves that the, the guy can make. And you'll have him for at least one more year, depending on how long you want to sign him for, but you'll have him at least for, for two years. And when you see the productions in line three and four, probably the past two weeks, the addition of Lankinen and Cogliano oh, on those lines. I mean, this like the game we had last night would, or tonight would not have been as close as it was. Like yeah. you have... Because this is another game that we had to rely on the top line. We don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. No. No. I think that, the, like we said in the other the other day, like the, the bottom lines are kind of like their ears perked up. Yeah. And like, okay, we got to step it up. Like we're, we're too good of a team. And, and But what did the Avs do? They went and got players that can facilitate that and help those guys play a little bit better. So – all around and uh jason smith says he went from a c to an a minus after today that's his grade for the for the abs um my favorite my favorite avalanche writer jason smith (laughs) 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 all right uh so yeah the trade deadline has come to an end and i think we're all pretty happy for uh what the avalanche brought in we will see lincoln and where well, the Avs are playing, they got a day off, and then they're they're playing again. So they're mm-hmm. we'll probably see him for that game. Who are they playing? Isn't that uh 
And that, go ahead, talk. I want to. I, I know. I know. They mentioned just briefly offhand in the broadcast that they are working on immigration and yeah. all of that for Lincoln. I didn't know that would be that much of an issue. No, I don't think it's an issue. I think it's just a formality. So, like, I don't, I don't know why they would throw it out there like it would be a holdup. But maybe he joins the team on Wednesday. I mean, it took no time for Mark Andre Fleury to suit up for the Wild. So, yeah, right. He was on the bench, right? Oh my god, I, he was, he was ready. He was yeah. one foot out the door. So, <laughs> uh, Tuesday they're off. Wednesday home against Vancouver. So uh, maybe we'll see him mm. then. All right, but we do have a game to talk about and an exciting one at that. But first, we have betonline.net, and it is college basketball's big tournament. Kyle's Auburn Tigers are eliminated. I'm so sorry, man. I'm an Auburn fan. I'm used to it. Uh, (laughs) uh, But my final four is still intact. I have eight teams remaining out of these 16, and four of them are my final four. So... Uh, that's, I guess, good is what they tell me. Uh, from all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. It remains the best spot for your sports scores, podcasts, and news for this season. And it's not just college basketball or basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. So head to the website today. Or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and all of the action. That's betonline.net. It's where the game starts. All right, Avalanche with a big win. I mean, every win is a big win, but man, what a game between Mm -hmm. them and Edmonton. I think they were saying on altitude, it was like 800 and something days since the last time these two teams faced off against each other. And you're like, wow, like, yeah, it does seem like it's been that long. Um, the Avs pull this thing out. I mean, they, uh, it, to me, it was really, really, and you always want to get the first goal. You know, obviously it goes without saying, but sometimes it, it takes on a little bit more to get that first goal. And I just felt it was of the utmost importance to do that in this game. You didn't want Edmonton setting the tone because when they are able to do that, that's when they're a dangerous team when they have a lead. They are very, they're, they're a very good team where their one struggle is obviously in net. And really, the Av should have had way more goals than they had because Smith was not impressing me. He just seemed like he could not track a single puck. And no. I thought after the first, the Avs were just going to have this just barrage of goals. And they should have, but they, it never came. So I guess she kind of gave some credit to him as much as he, you know, looked horrible. Just, you know, his positioning and stuff was terrible. He only let in two goals in the, the regulation period. Uh, but great game overall. It was a I know this this is always said about games like this, but this one felt like a heavyweight fight. Yeah. Like the Avs would score, Edmonton would come back with a punch. And then it was kind of like waiting and seeing who makes the first mistake and then you reach out and it's another punch and a counter punch war eagle bo jackson the cheat code and take my ball but it, it was one of those games and then everybody had burakowski syndrome where they would just miss the net like there were so many 
fantastic setups and just way high left and right. And Smith was all over the place and the power play looked good. There were so many things. Unbelievable. I know that was the best game the abs have had for their power play. And I'm not talking about the numbers. They were two Mm -mm. for five. But good lord, they could have been five for five easily. They were easily. five for five in my heart. They were. <laughs> <laughs> they looked fantastic on the power play, and how some of those goals didn't go in, I I don't know. And that that right there is is you know where I'm saying like they could have just really laid it on Edmonton and kind of won this thing running away. Mm-hmm. But you know they did get two, but they easily could have had the other three. Easily. And it's one of those that you, you keep reminding yourself, like, we don't have Gabe. We don't have, like, Sammy G. Mm. Like, G- the power play with Gabe Landeskog in there, where he's in the Miko position where he was playing all night. Um, yeah, there, it, it would be a different story when it comes to those goals. Um, Edmonton's Edmonton's fast, dude. And I'm, ta- I'm not talking about, you know, McDavid. Obviously, we know the speed of, of Connor McDavid. But they play a fast game. And I'm not saying, you know, the, the Avs are one of the fastest teams in the league. They can hang with that. But you don't typically get a team that can hang with the Avalanche for the duration of a game. Yeah. And Edmonton can. Um, and it just seemed like Dreisaitl was out there all the time. Yeah. 23 minutes, 21 seconds for Dreisaitl. Where is McDavid? Uh, 21-46. So kind of like normal numbers for him. But on the power play, those guys play the duration of the power play. Yeah. Like where, where the abs, the, the first unit will come out somewhere around like one minute and let the second unit come out. Like the, the Edmonton top line comes out with like 30 seconds or 20 seconds. There's almost like nothing left for that second unit to do. They and and that's the issue with this team is they rely so much on those guys. I get it. You should. They're all stars. There's the a couple of the greatest <laughs> players in the world. Been there, but, done that. Yeah, it's just not a formula for a, a winning team to go far. They just can't do it. No, and yeah, it's very. It, it looks like the Avalanche team from about two or three years ago. Yeah, where you you rely on like when we had Gabe and Renee Bork, like <laughs> yeah. you can't you can't win and go deep in the playoffs with just a line. It, it doesn't get you that far. So like I could and you know you mentioned how fast Edmonton is for how fast both teams are. There were not a lot of breakout chances. Well, that's that speaks to that speaks to the speed on the defensive end. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it works both ways. Usually the speed like benefits us where we can have a breakout chance. And the same for Edmonton. Every time you see a Connor McDavid highlight, it's him breaking out on a slow defense and making those crazy little deeks and then a 30-second clip that everybody shares. But with this speed match, it took that element out of Connor McDavid's game, and he was invisible tonight, which was wonderful. Did he score? Mm, he had an assist. I will hold... Connor McDavid to an assist every day of the week and yep. be happy with that. Uh, but yeah, you had you had Eric Johnson catching up to him on one. I one. I stood up. I was like, "What yeah. is going on in this game?" Yeah, <laughs> happy doing, birthday. Yeah, right. Standing ovations in our living rooms for that because that was that was impressive. So, 
Uh, more to get to with this game, obviously, and of course, our sound checks. So we'll get to that right after we hear from Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry? Well, you have a computer and access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. It's a family-run business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. The prices are reliably low for every customer, so go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us section so they know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, sound check time. So uh, we kind of pick songs that we feel summarize the action. Of course, this time is up against the Edmonton Oilers. <clears throat> Kyle had a change of heart in the seconds leading up to hitting record. We're not supposed to feed the trolls, but uh, Kyle is for this one. Go ahead. I had a change of heart. You saw my heart and you know it's clean. Oh, don't you see what I mean? The song for tonight is none other than Holy Diver by my great-grandfather. Not really, but he should be. Yeah. Ronnie James Dio. And we, we got to kind of put some context to this because you had a different song, which was a good one. Yeah. And then uh, somebody decided to, you know, troll a post that I put up about Nathan McKinnon and how Makar is a diver. And how the avalanche benefit from the refs. Uh, I don't know how that's, you know, why were, why was icing just off the board in that game for some reason? There was no, they were just letting these guys play, which I guess is good. But I mean, icing is kind of a big deal for, you know, for some teams because that, you know, if, if teams are, are exhausted and tired, you need to call that thing. So I don't know yeah. how that benefited the abs, but whatever. Um, so Kyle kind of changed his, uh, his tune to Ronnie James. You can never go wrong with Ronnie James. I mean, oh, come no. On. Come on. The innovator of the horns. Yeah, he is. Yeah. So uh, that's a good one for me. I'm going with a song by Alter Bridge. I, I've grown on Alter Bridge. Oh, the love them. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I was never a big Creed fan. Mm. And when they kind of broke off from, from Scott Stapp and formed Alter Bridge, I'm like, okay. And I'm like, wow, this dude's got some chops. So uh, yeah, Miles Kennedy, he is he's good. He's good. He's I real mean, good. I mean, Slash en enlisted him to sing Alex um, Axel Rose tunes. Yeah, when Slash was solo. But they have a song called "White Knuckles," mm -hmm. and that was kind of me tonight watching this game. Even though it's regular season game, you're still kind of just grabbing the the couch and you know the recliner and. Just had those white knuckles until the. That's a good song. Yeah, good pull. Song, so. uh, follow that set list or playlist over on Spotify if you got it. L O P N soundcheck. So if you got any of your own, we have people that throw theirs up, and I love it when people put yeah. their own up. So let's see yours. Um, speaking it's, of, go ahead. it's it's free. So jump over there. You yeah. can jump over there and jump over and join yeah, us on our live streams. We're free yeah. too. We don't charge you for anything. Nope. Um, 
speaking of the dive, this this is my one thing that I really want Altitude to get better at in the offseason. You got to be better with the the review or the replays. Mm-hmm. And they showed the Makar embellishment penalty, but it was from an angle where you really couldn't see. It wasn't that good. I wanted to see a different angle. And that was it. They showed one angle and and you know it's not going to change the the penalty but i kind of wanted to see it so you know i can come on a podcast and talk about it yeah so um but embellishment calls are like there's probably been ten thousand five hundred and twenty nine of them called and all of them are probably disputed yeah i i don't know maybe i'm just kind of feeling like hockey players really don't embellish all that much I, i don't feel like they do yeah, and like that one, it was kind of rough. The one that they did show, like the guys are like, I can't believe he's in embe- Why do they call him for embellishment? And they show it, and you know, everybody's just kind of quiet. And then it's like, now to the puck drop. <laughs> yeah, and then we just moved on from it. So yeah. I don't know. It, it it just it's just one of those penalties that I'm glad that it's there, mm-hmm. but it should be used like once a season. <laughs> There's yeah. not many guys that are going to go you know, embellishing in the world of hockey. That's just And to Kale McCarr's defense, he had Darcy Kemper early season skates. Like he was, he had bad footing a lot of the night. Like he was. Did fall. Like there was one he took. Nobody was around him. Nobody. Um, and he kind of just took a header. <laughs> yeah. I don't, know, I don't know if he just got mixed up or, if you know, he was tripping on the ice or what it was, but. Yeah, you're right. He, but even having said that, he was an animal, man. Him, yeah. him, him, and we we said yesterday about Nathan McKinnon, you know, rising to the occasion when you're playing a, a guy, you know, that's that's taking your spotlight. Yeah, Connor McDavid, and I don't know if that's the reason. Maybe that was a little bit of it, but my God, this is one of the best games I've seen him play this year, and it was just. How is he going to go this game and not score a goal? Seriously, he—I mean, he—he he was ringing off uh, crossbars that were going thirty rows deep. Like that's tough to do. First of all, that's yeah, more maybe more impressive than a goal. And then you know the overtime goal he had, which was was fantastic. We'll get to that in a second. But go ahead, Nathan McKinnon, his his ability to put that away and like kind of prove like who's the better of the two. Like your your hockey Jesuses plural in the league, like he, he beat Connor McDavid, but there was something about Miko that really stood out to me. Like his uh, goal scoring ability was on a heightened level. And then they took one shot where they showed him sitting on the bench and he had a look in his eyes that I have not seen Miko Rantanen have ever. He looked like he was on a mission. He was mad at somebody. I don't know if, Tyson Berry giving EJ a birthday cake made him mad or something, but he was, he had hate in his eyes and you did not want to get in Miko's way. I, you know, I maybe, you know, getting two goals early on and you want that hat trick will make you do that. But I don't know. I think, I think he's been taking a little bit of uh, flack recently for kind of being easy on the puck mm. and getting removed from the puck kind of, you know, with relative ease. And he's not that type of player, but, He's got to face that. I don't know mm. if that was it. I'm just saying, like, you know, he, he there was some plays, especially in an overtime game against Calgary, where he was just moved off the puck 
and he's a big boy and he should not yeah. be doing it. It should not be that simple. So um, you're right though. I mean, and then he kind of was mixing up with, was it Yamamoto? I believe. Yes. That, who that little guy is everywhere. Oh I like God. him. I like he, him a lot. He is like a gnat that just won't go away. And when he's, you know, if you're an Edmonton fan, you got to love that. Yeah. But when you're watching it and he's an opponent, like he, he is a, a nuisance. <laughs> I think he was yeah. their one shining moment of the playoffs last year was his performance. Yeah, he did very well playoffs last year. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, Mika with the two goals. McCarr gets his 70th point on the season. Did he have all the way? He uh, 70 in 71 because he had two assists. So, um, and 11 only, away, 11 away is the only dude. He played 30 minutes, 30 minutes and two seconds. Part of that was because Ryan Murray went out early. Ryan Murray played 31 seconds and then he had McDermott play seven minutes. Um, and everybody, well, Abe Kubel only played six, but everybody else, you know, had some pretty hefty minutes, but a 30 spot on the board for Kel McCarr. And it just doesn't seem like it affects him. He can do that no. with ease. And I'm glad you said Ryan Murray and Abe Kubel because that's probably the last time we will mention them on this podcast for the rest yeah. of the season. Could be. Could be. They could be the odd men out. Um, even with McDermott playing as you know, few minutes as he does, he when, once Gerard comes back, you'd have to think he is going to be out as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, but right now they're in and they're, you know, I didn't think Kubel did, did horrible, but the guys that you have coming in that can replace them can, you know, eat up some minutes. Oh yeah. So, and I'm, and Cogliano, he had an Ironman streak at one point, like of 830 games. Like, did he really? Yes. Like wow. Cogliano is going to be a, like a game in game out gamer. Yeah. So he's going to be a great addition. I think what these, all these players that the Avs acquired, what they help they help in two ways. They help because they're 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 big guys. Lincoln is not a huge guy. What's his? Let me see what his uh, <laughs> weight is. I don't think it's. Any, yeah, he's one hundred and seventy nine pounds. Five eleven, one hundred seventy nine. Yeah, so he's maybe the only one that's not. He's kind of like your typical avalanche style of player that they like to have right now. All the other guys are big bodies that don't get pushed around, and they're really good puck possession guys. Yeah, and Lankinen is that too. Lankinen yeah. doesn't have the size of the other guys, but he's really good. The, the The zone exits are something that the Avalanche have struggled with all season, and they did against Edmonton. And Edmonton, like you can't do that against Edmonton because they have the speed to. If you turn it over in the defensive zone, they can turn it around so quickly, and they have a goal like the snap of their fingers. So now that they have all these guys, and and you know once they get settled in. That is what I love about these moves is the size and puck possession and zone exits are are that it should be cured yeah. for the rest of the year getting these guys. And so. and you know, that was something that stood out to me when I met Ryan Graves. Mm-hmm. Like you never thought of him as like a giant like player, but when I met him, like he was like in flip-flops and towered over me. So like that's all I think about now when I watch them on the ice. Like these guys have an additional, what, four to five inches on skates. Like these guys are massive. Even if like 5'11, he's going to be out there. He's going to have size and he's going to be quick, but he's mm-hmm. going to be like a Sammy G. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Yep. So, yeah, in the end, the Avs win it in overtime. Crazy series of events where, uh, was it Nurse? Is it Darnell Nurse whose helmet came off? It was him? Yeah. Or um, was it, it was either Nurse? I think it was Darnell. I don't know which one. I think it was Nurse. I could be wrong on that, but whatever. Somebody on Edmonton lost their helmet and they have to come off the ice. But Edmonton kind of had possession of the puck and then it and Connor McDavid was out there Mm -hmm. and they kind of fumbled it and it just went back in the other direction and a great uh, a a great move and a great pass. Uh, Who was it? it was McCarr who fed. Nathan McKinnon, who I, once he got that puck, he kind of like took his time. And I'm like, please go in, please go in. Mainly because you want the Avalanche to win, but because he was so deserving of a goal in that game. And it was yeah. just a crazy series of events that, you know, the Avalanche capitalized on. And he already passed away like two goals earlier in that game where he could have easily just pulled the trigger and sniped a goal. And there were two times that he passed it away. And I was like, oh, would you please just take the shot? Yeah, right. So uh, nice sound check there. Mm, I like yeah, that one. So um, just some quotes. Uh, Peter Ball puts up Caligliano will join the Avs tomorrow. Lankinen, like we said, is waiting on immigration logistics. So it could take a couple more days. So maybe he won't be there for the Wednesday game. We'll have to see. Um, Bednar hasn't seen much of Lankinen, uh, but he's heard rave reviews. So he said, I didn't watch the Vegas round at all. I just didn't. <laughs> he didn't watch the Vegas Montreal series. He goes, I just didn't want to watch hockey basically yeah. after they lost to him. Uh, but I heard he was really good in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, Sackick, when he went and scouted the Islanders, they were playing Montreal. They were. Yeah. So this is where this Absolutely. is what came of that scouting. Yep. So. Um, Jerry Bednar didn't love the game from the Avs. He liked the first and third periods, but he thought they were playing on the end of our sticks in the second period. And that's true. I think, you know, if this was like a boxing, if you were scoring this as boxing, like I think you'd give the Avs the first and the third and you'd give the Edmonton Oilers the second. Yeah. Um, He said it became a track meet, exactly what you don't want against the Oilers. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's Peter Ball posting that stuff. So, um, Especially when it comes to playoff hockey, if we do match up with them, you do not want this type of hockey in a series Mm. because you will wear down. And if this is going to be your opening round, do not wear. Yeah, you do not want to wear yourself out. Yeah, good thing that it's in uh, the mountains. More more games than it's in Canada. (laughs) Bring it on. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, busy, busy day for the Avs. So I think we could use a day off uh, with with no with no uh, back to back, which is nice. But we will be back tomorrow. Anything that goes on in Avalanche Land, we can uh, talk about it here. So for now, get some rest and uh, get ready for this nice stretch run. We have our team. This is it. You know what I mean? So. Enjoy it because it's going to be a a good finish to the season and cannot wait for playoff hockey to start. Mm -hmm. Until then, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. Until tomorrow, he is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli, and this is the Locked On Avalanche Podcast. We'll see you guys. Go, Abs, go.